Hello and welcome to another episode of the Segunda File. Uh, apologies that this uh, series was out for two weeks, but we are back and we're back with a bang and we're back with so much of news, both good and bad. But firstly, let's uh, go through the fixtures for this week. Um, Cordoba lost 1-3 to Getafe. Uh, Sevilla won against Mirandes 1-0. Huesca losing 1-2 against Girona. Elche winning 1-0 against Mallorca. Zaragoza and Royce Deportivo in a 2-all draw. Uh, Al- Alcorson, I, really, I think that's the correct pronunciation. I really should figure this out by now. Uh, winning 5-1 against Real Oviedo. Uh, Murcia winning 3-2 against Numancia. Valladolid uh, drawing with Almeria. Uh, goalless draw, I believe. Uh, Lugo losing 1-3 to Tenerife. And uh, uh, Nastik de Tarragona winning 1-0 against Cadiz. And I'm guessing Cad- it's Cadiz or something like that. I really should work on my pronunciation. Um, f- first thing first, I won't go through all the games since there's news outside the ma- you know, outside the pitch, really, that uh, deserves probably more attention. But I do want to talk about a few games. Firstly, I do want to talk about Zaragoza versus Royce Deportivo because this is a game that once again uh, Royce Deportivo I think deserved to win and then in the last uh, minutes the dying embers of the game guess who pops up and scores the equalizing goal uh, it's hard, it really, like seriously try and guess because it's it's not who you expect it's uh, Donggu it's Jean-Marie Dongu, former Barcelona B player, actually. Uh, yeah, so he scored. I, I really don't know what more to say on, on that, to be honest with you. Uh, apart from that, any other games that need to be talked about? Oh, yes. Oviedo losing 5-1 to Alcorson. Now, ideal, this is actually the main focus of uh, this week's Segunda Fal blog. But I do want to talk a bit about this in the sense that uh, in the two weeks that we did not cover the Segunda, Oviedo lost 4-0 to Huesca away from home, then 1-2-0 against Levante at home, and again away from home are now being thrashed by a team that is, has, has never really inspired any confidence in terms of avoiding relegation. They come up and score five goals against Oviedo. Now, to see Oviedo... Of all teams, Oviedo first concede four horrible goals against Huesca and then five horrible goals against Alcorson. It is it is surprising and it's ironic because the manager of Oviedo is one of the best centre-backs to have ever existed in Spanish football by the name of Fernando Hierro. And to see Oviedo do so badly uh, in defence away from home is... Uh, it's shocking because they at home they they look to be the the I think they're unbeaten aren't they are they not oh I think they've lost just once at home let me check let me fact check that yes they've only lost once at home whereas away I think they've lost four out of eight eight games which is never that never good uh, apart from that uh, other games that uh, I thought were surprising. Not really surprised by now, but Getafe once again winning 
to see them win, it's, it's really weird. But I guess this is the Segunda, so things are different. But they are playing really well, you know. Uh, Jorge, uh, Jorge Molina, who signed from Real Betis, has been an absolute revelation, re- even at the, the ripe old age of 34. I think he scored once. Uh, apart from that, yes, Lugo lay, uh, losing 1-3 to Tenerife. Uh, it's it's surprising to see Lugo do so badly. It, you know, it, over the last five games, they've won once, drawn once, and lost three. Uh, and it's um, firstly it's a testament that they're winning. That 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 win was a one 0 win against Rayo Vallecano. And I'll get to that in a bit uh, in the Red and Bold podcast. Uh, but I think. It's either it's, I I do want to say it's just a uh, temporary slip, but it generally looks like firstly Tenerife were amazing. Uh, their captain Suso Santana playing extremely well. I think he scored one and assisted one, if I'm not wrong. I will fact check that. Uh yeah, no he's he scored twice. Sorry, uh that's my mistake. Scored twice. Uh, it it generally looks like. Uh, Tenerife are m- mounting a serious challenge, but it also looks like Lugo are going to start dropping off in form a bit, uh, given their slightly shaky defense, which really looked rock solid just you know a month back. So a bit of a surprise there, but hopefully they can bounce back. Now, uh, I think one of the game, the game of this or another, which did not go into the uh, into the blog was, I think, Murcia winning 3-2 against Numancia. Now, you've got Numancia, uh, you know, they're, 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 ten, they're down to 10 men. They've had someone on the bench being sent off as well. You bring on... Uh, no, sorry. I, uh, I, need to, I need to correct myself. So, it's 10 men, right? It's the 82nd minute, right? Um... You are a Spanish striker who plays for the Honduras national team. You assist a goal for Natalio, who was brought on just 11 minutes ago. Then you score a goal. Then you get booked a minute later. Then you get sent off in the 90th minute, which pretty much guarantees a 3-2 win for Yuka Murcia versus Numancia. Now, I haven't explained that in the best possible fashion, but just think about how crazy this game must have been. So, uh, just want to say kudos to uh, Hona or Jonah or whatever, however you pronounce his name, because that is that is commitment to come up come up at halftime to assist a player who came out on the second in the seventy second minute, assisted him in the eighty third minute, scored in the eighty seventh minute, got booked in the eighty eighth minute, got sent off in the ninetieth minute. It's it, it it just really sums up the Segunda in one match. Um, I also do want to talk about Numancia a bit because the guy who scored both their goals was the a player by the name of Pablo Valcarce, and uh, he is I think he scored six goals so far in this, uh, in uh, this season. I'm gonna fact check that again, but that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six. Yes, I got it correct. Ah, uh, I'm on top of my facts today. Uh, so you know, just uh, just wanted to say 
keep an eye out for him because he looks uh he he did score two amazing goals um i know this is a bit boring so i'm gonna move on because i think that's pretty much the game's done um uh, do read the uh this week's column on alcorthon versus uh, oviedo uh, and i how i absolutely uh destroy oviedo's defense uh you know with a goal by goal breakdown but i'm not enough of that for i think there are four pieces of news that um that need to be covered firstly I do want to talk a bit about fan violence. Now, this is a big thing in Spain where, you know, they say all oh, these ultra groups, there's they're really bad, you know, they cause violence. Um obviously we have you know if you look at the political no- motivations behind it, if you look at the fact that uh you know, the clubs really very few clubs actually support these uh ultra groups because of their uh, you know, their far left or far right political leanings now uh you know you might have heard of Raivaikano's Bucaneros you might have heard of the Sevilla Betis ultra groups uh but I want I want to talk about a Segunda team actually that has these uh ultra uh, groups and that's Real Zaragoza now they have uh, for those who don't know they have a far left group called Avispero and they have a neo fascist group called uh, Ligayo. It's of course spelled Ligalo but Ligayo. Now there is a there there is a history really of fighting between these two rival groups. They've uh, you know especially against uh, Basque teams there is a lot of fighting even if it's Osasuna which is pretty I mean you know but it lot of politi- political stuff there but Osasuna is a Navarre but you know the Basque country considers them as a part anyway I'm gonna move on from there but uh, the point being that there's a lot of fighting between these two two groups now obviously in in a move that I can I've you know a, a, a person who supports these fan groups would obviously denounce and uh, someone in the political establishment or someone in you know on the on the outside would obviously say, oh, that looks nice. What's happened is, because Zaragoza versus Getaf, which I think happened last week, and I'm going to fact check that again. Uh, come on. Zaragoza. Yes, I am correct. Thankfully, others that have been awkward. Uh, so Zaragoza versus Getaf, there was fan violence, and... Um, what has actually happened is Zaragoza are not going to be selling tickets to members of both the groups. So both Ligayo and Avispero will not be uh, sold tickets to uh, for the rest of the season. Now, it's... Uh, I want to say this is a good move. I do. Because when you see the actual violence, you you're using, you know, you're vandalizing on. Uh, apparently, they used furniture from catering establishments, so you're vandalizing public property. On the other hand, uh, to it it does feel like victimization. It does feel like these fan fan groups are being uh, told, well, you know, 
conflict is not really appreciated. And I know, you know, this conflict was taken to an extreme. It was physical. There was violence. And I don't... And I don't... Con- I don't agree with violent means. At the same time, I think it would have been better. Uh, there was there was a better way to handle this than to take it to take it to such a ridiculous extreme that fans can't even come into uh, these uh, can't even watch their team play, which feels a bit like victimization. So I know it's a double. You know, there's there's nuance in this situation, and there's you know, it's not binary. It's not like one if one suggestion is good and the other one is bad but i think could have been better handled uh but then again it was a violent attack and that that's never good in any other in any circumstances so that's the main news uh, apart from that uh last week um ivan lopez who i have been singing praises about about you know his free kicks his long shot ability he's been absolutely fantastic this season and then last week he goes ahead in total segunda fashion and he calls not one but several of the referees on the pitch scoundrels and he has been given now a seven match sentence six six match sentence so he's been given a six match sentence and apparently he called the referee a scoundrel twice and i think he also did it with some of the assess- assistant referees uh the the first assistant referee i think uh, uh, it's, it's it's so frustrating to see uh to see stuff like this happen but then again this is what makes the segunda so exciting like not exciting but it makes it so uh, unpredictable and uh, fun in the sense that from the outside you can see that you know just absolute drama on the pitch all the time um i do also want to uh, note that uh uh D- diego martinez penas in the same match was also sent off for throwing a bottle into the ground for aggressively disagreeing with the the uh with the referee so just 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 think about that for for throwing a bottle into the ground. He got sent off for two games. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm not gonna talk more about this because that that really just sums it up all. Uh, final two things to talk about. Firstly, Royce Deportivo. Uh, last week, it seems like a lot of things happened last week. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't cover it. So apologies about that. But this is a good catch up. Uh, so last week, Royce Deportivo, you know, extended the contract of uh, Fran Carbia, who I s- again sing the praises of in the in the blog. I think it was the first column. Uh, they renewed him for three seasons, and they also did something very very strange in the sense that uh, one of their youth players, whose name was Ruben Sanchez, uh, was wearing the the uh, the shirt of. Royce Deportivo's fierce rivals, uh, Nasik de Tarragona. It's the, uh, this is the Tarragona derby, basically. And uh, so they they actually expelled him last week. But no, they expelled him after the game. So that, that derby happened last week. But then they, they within like a two days, they apologized to him. But it, it doesn't seem likely that he'll actually come back. So uh, let's see 
uh, I, I, we'll keep you updated on how, how that goes. Um, just just shows you know how much rivalries really matter. Uh, you know, El Clasico is not the only rivalry out there. Although that is next, that is next week, isn't it? Uh, anyway, final final news story. Uh, Cordoba have sacked their manager. What a surprise! Uh, they I think they lost one three to Getafe. They have uh, gotten rid of uh, uh, Jose Luis Ultra, Jose Luis Ultra, and uh, Luis Carrion is currently the interim manager. So he's training the group. He's he trained them today. I'm guessing. Uh, so some of the favorites for the job include is uh, neither uh, from Getafe. Uh, Contra from Alcorzón, uh, Mia, f- uh, Luis Mia from uh, Zaragoza, and Z- Jose Ramon Sandoval from Rayo Vallecano. So, um, I I honestly think that it's gonna be it's gonna be either Sandoval. It's Contra looks unlikely, but he he just seems to take every job that he's given to him. So, um. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put it between Contra and Sandoval. It looks unlikely, but I, I like to put place my bet on the the least likely thing to happen, which uh, doesn't really work out for me. But you know what the hell. Uh, so uh, we'll I'll, again we'll keep you updated on that situation. Uh, but for now, Louis Carrion, best of luck. Uh, but that is it actually for this week's Segunda File. Make sure you check out 19spains.com. Make sure you check out the Twitter handle at 19spains. Uh, check out the other segments, the Segunda File blog. Check out the Red and Bull podcast. Check out Unprofessional. Uh, check out previous episodes if you haven't already. And if you've done all that, then I will see you next week.